when I go to bed at night, lay down, I put my phone on airplane mode. And usually when I get up, that's the first thing I do is turn my phone back on. And I done that today, and I woke up this morning. The first thing that popped up was a text message from a sister of mine, Sister Connie Collingsworth, telling me that uh, Billy Joe Shaver passed away. And I ain't gonna lie to you, friends that killed me. I interviewed Billy Joe Shaver back in October of 2017. I'd been a fan of his music for a long time, so you can imagine talking to a hero, an old honky-tonk hero of mine. I, I was pretty nervous about it, but after talking to him for probably 15, 20 seconds, I realized this wasn't going to be like an interview. This is like talking to a friend. that's what it was. After the interview concluded, he told me, he said, WB, he said, you got my number now in your phone? He said, I got yours. He said, me and you friends. And he uh, gave me his address. I sent him out some stuff. And uh, you know, we've been buddies ever since. My dad passed away the end of 2018. I had a really hard time because me and my dad kind of had a strained relationship and just dealing with the fact that we wasn't on the best of terms when he passed away, I had a very hard time with it. And the person that really helped me more than anybody is Billy Joe Shaver. I mean, he's been through a lot of tragedies and a lot of heartbreak and talking to him it helped more than anything. He always reminded me, he said, keep your heart pointed to Christ. Over the years since that interview happened, I've talked to Billy Joe quite a bit. And I'm really going to miss his, his kind of random text messages. It always just kind of blow me away to think on things about I guess I made a impression on him enough to uh, think on me from time to time and reach out and he's just a, he's one of the best I told Fallon a few months back I said I don't know why I had it on my mind I said but I know he's getting up there I said if something happens to Billy Joe I said it's going to kill me and it has. But I know that uh, his heart was in the right place. It's been over three years since this interview I done with him aired. And I know there's a lot of folks that probably ain't heard it. And I know there's a lot of folks hurting today. So I'm gonna, I've never done this before with any previous shows, but I'm going to re-air that show for you because I just, I don't think I'm going to be able to do a show and have it ready for Friday. This will be this week's show.
Billy Joe had a song, Everybody's Brother. He really was. He didn't know me from Adam, and he was so kind to me. We never met in person. Colder was talking to him one time, and maybe Colder mentioned the interview I'd done with him, but he said, oh, yeah, we're friends. He said, I got him in my phone. He said, we're buddies. And that meant the world to me. I sure love Billy Joe Shaver. And I try to be kind to everybody. And that's one thing, if you talk to folks that's really had dealings with me, uh, I try to be good to everybody. And just like I said when I first done that interview with Billy Joe, shortly after we started talking, I realized I felt like talking to a friend. And the other day I done an interview for the AMP and Brother Philip Ring interviewed me, and uh, we talked a few different times. And he told me, he said, I was didn't know what to expect going into this interview. He said, but shortly after I started talking to you, it was like talking to a friend. And that made me feel good because that made me think of a hero, a brother of mine, Billy Joe Shaver. Friends, I love each and every one of you in this Kickstarter campaign. I can't believe it's done what it has in less than 24 hours. From the bottom of my heart, guys, thank you. Like I said, friends, this is a show in its entirety I done back in October of 2017 where I interviewed a brother of mine, old Billy Joe Shaver. I sure loved you, brother. Thank you for being kind to me, and thank you for your friendship. I was riding number nine, heading south from Carolina. I heard that long wife wow. Some whistle blow. Warning. This radio show contains strong language, excessive use of alcohol and tobacco products, a whole lot of bullshit and nudity. We here at WBWalker.com are not responsible for any lewd behavior, recklessness, illegal acts, or unwanted pregnancies. Directly cause by listening to this radio show. Viewer discretion is advised. I just want to say thank you for taking the time of your busy schedule here once again to tune in to another Mighty Fine 
another mighty fine episode here of the Old Soul Radio Show. I told you the other night when I done that episode 161 that I wasn't going to be doing anything other than live shows for a while. But sometimes shit just gets kind of laid in your lap, you know what I mean? I was sitting in my recliner, I guess about two or three nights ago, something like that, watching TV and have my, my phone laying, laying in my lap. and phone started ringing, so Don Duncan. Well, Don Duncan told me that he had uh, been talking to a friend of his, old Richie Mullins, and uh, old Richie's from a band, Carmen to Burn, and Richie Mullins is also the man behind that latest uh, Mike Judge animation series, uh, Tales from the Tour Bus, old Richie's the one that, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of a brainchild of his, I guess you'd say, you know, he kind of thought of all this, but anyway, uh, Carmen the Burn coming through the V Club playing for the past few years and so on and so forth. Don and Richie become good friends. And me and Don, I mean, Don knows how much I think of him and I know Don thinks the world of me. So Don and Richie was talking and he told Richie about my podcast because he knew Richie's been working with Billy Joe Shaver. He said, You need to get Billy Joe on the Old Soul Radio show. So, as the story is being unfolded here. Me and old Richie talked and we worked out a, a time and stuff and just so happened it uh, was a time that I wasn't on a damn train heading to Bluefield or wherever. But I interviewed old Billy Joe Shaver today at noon and to say it was a religious type experience would be an understatement. I'll talk more about the interview after you hear it. But I promise you it's something that has absolutely changed my life. I'm not using that as, I don't want this to be you know, kind of over an over-exaggeration of the interview, but it has literally changed my life. Talking to that man and all the hell and heartbreak he's been through, it really puts shit in perspective, you know. But hell, before the interview starts out, I figure I'll play a, a few from old Billy Joe, and we might play a few after the interview. But I figure there's nothing best to start this, uh, this show out this evening. Other than old Billy Joe telling you all about them old five and dimers. So help next thing on the old soul radio show here. Here's our brother Billy Joe Shaver for you. With old five and dimers like me. I'm gonna play you like I said a few songs after the songs are over. The interview turned out really great, and I've listened back to it and the quality is it ain't the best in the world, but it's not the worst in the world. If it is a little fuzzy for you, I listened to it through headphones earlier, and it was better than listening to it through my laptop. So maybe if it's not the best in the world for you, maybe try to go that route. But like I said, it's uh, nonetheless it's pretty damn special. So hell, hope you all enjoy her. Ow. I've spent a lifetime making up my mind to be more than the measure of what I thought others could see. Good luck and fast bucks are too far and too few between. 
where the women and folks are friendly and the law leaves you alone. I believe it when I see it and I haven't seen it yet. Don't mind me, keep on the talking. I'm just looking for my hat. Ain't no God in Mexico. Ain't no way to understand how that border crossing feeling makes a fool out of a man. If I never felt the sunshine, hell, I would not curse the rain. If my feet could fit a railroad track, I guess I'd have been a train. Me and Louis Higgins by from used to chase across the yard. Back in 1947, that's when more than times was hard. Pity me, I didn't find a line in time like a fool. In front of God and everybody, I politely blew my cool. Ain't no God in Mexico, ain't no comfort in the camp. And when you're down in Malamores, getting butted by the man. If I'd never felt the sunshine, hell, I would not curse the rain. If my feet could fit a railroad track, I guess I'd have been a train. Well, Billy, I want to say thank you for uh, coming on the podcast here. I've been a big... Oh, man, thank you for having me. Shoot. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an honor. Really, I appreciate, really. Really, I appreciate that. Uh, been a big fan for a long time, and uh, I tell you, it, uh, I, I, a friend of mine, Don Duncan, he's a really good friend with, with Richie Mullins, and Don called me the other night and said, I know you want to. Oh, Rich, Rich, yeah. Is, Rich yeah. is a king, man. He, yeah. he saved me. Rich saved me. He's a damn good dude. Yeah. Walking around 
they don't understand it either. And, they, and when I when I do, uh, 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 it's hard to be an outlaw who ain't wanted anymore. Yeah, I get standing on bases because people are really tired of hearing stuff they don't understand. Uh, I think all these people went to college, and they're they're using these college words and things, and and uh, and the regular person don't understand. You know, they ain't gonna go look them up either. Uh, it's, it's it's hard sometimes. Even sportscasters they use these big words. I guess they try to show off to each other, but I ain't got no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, it, it, that's why it got in Nashville. But it's not that bad. There's others coming up now that are that caught on to what I'm doing and what Chris is doing. And Willie, Willie uh, was the main guy that opened the door to contemporary music. I believe it. You know when he said "Hello Walls" and things like that and stuff. You just wouldn't think anybody'd say crazy. I guess about the best song ever written. I think that's uh, a good one, brother. You've talked about how there's some there's some cats right now that are. Are kind of following the path of people like you and, and Willie and and uh, and Chris. One fellow I was gonna mention to you that I know that he opened up for you here a while back. Uh, I know he's a big fan of yours. What do you think of old Colder Wall? Oh yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like those Canadians. They're 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 out there. The, the Canadians, you know, Norm Norm's a dog. He's got the greatest voice Cody was talking a little bit last night, and uh, I know you've, you've you've pretty much uh, you've seen about all of it. Uh, Coder's a big Towns Van Zant fan. Is there any stories that you would like to share, or maybe the first time that you ever met Old Towns? Towns Van Zant? Y- yes, sir. Oh yeah. Well, he and I used to. Well, actually, back in Houston, back in the early sixties, uh, I lived in Houston there. Uh, trying to get out of Waco, <laughs> living in Houston there, and uh, uh, me and Towns, uh, Brenda, had a had an apartment, my wife, my first wife, one that had Eddie, you know, and uh, she, Brenda, she wasn't a good person, but I married her three times too, but anyhow, uh, Towns and I would go to the old quarter and play, and I could stay up with him, uh, I was pretty good. And the town was great. He's a hero. And uh, but I wound up going to Nashville before he did. I was back in '66. I went to to Nashville, and but we used to run around together. And my wife hated him so much because I'd lay everything on on towns. Yeah. I said, "The town did this. Town did this. They the towns made me do this." You know, I was a rotten. You know, just like <laughs> most young guys are. Anyway. Uh, Towns, she hated him so much 
but then what then Brenda the last time I married her she had she got cancer, you know, that's why I married her really and then I fell back in love with her again and everything was cool. I stayed with her the last three years of her life, right by her bed, man. Gave, didn't do a thing, didn't work on nothing. I guess that's why I dropped out and lost lost what but anyway, she hated town so much. And the doctor come in to me one time there at the hospital and and he says, Billy, he says, uh, she's not going to make it through the night. I just want to warn you, she's not going to make it. And talking about Brenda, I said, well, you know, I can hear this coming. So I went to her and I said, Brenda, I said, you know what? I dreamed that she went to heaven. Are you still with me? Yes, sir. I said, Brenda, I, I dreamed that you went to heaven. And Towns was there to greet you. And she said, I'm not going to die, damn it. And she lived, she lived another year. <laughs> I swear to God, she hung on another year. Just because of that. <laughs> I mean, not every day she'd think of it, but she, that one time she thought of it. It charged something into her and made her live. I don't know what it was, but I didn't know it would do that. I, I just... I just told her it was a real dream, you know. I told her the truth, yeah. and she and she she got so mad, she she just hated him, man. I mean, God Almighty! But I'd done so many numbers on him. I said he did this, he did that, he did. and he come with it, it was clown tears painted on his face and all that shit and stuff. And, and he must have had plenty of money because he was wearing leather pants and stuff like that. But I think, I've heard his family was real rich anyway. But, yeah. but, uh, uh, but Towns liked to, would rather sleep under a, a paddock than sleep in a motel room. He'd rather sleep under a, a bridge out in the open, uh, with a bunch of them, uh, them people that sniff gas and stuff. Yeah. And, and he'd rather do that than, and, and he's a funny guy. I put D minus, I put 
F means word. <laughs> and and, and, and put all kinds of, uh, just every one of them. And there's about 10 or 11 of them in there. I guess there's that many, a bunch of them. And I put bad grades on all of them. I said, this needs to work. Don't send it to your mama. She'll correct it and send it back. And all kinds of stuff, real bad shit. And I, and I, I sent the guitar to, to, uh, to, uh, to Guy. And Guy got mad because he said it's been a month and that guitar ain't got here yet. He said, I think you stole this guitar. Oh, you're bad as hell at me. I said, oh, my, I still don't guitar. And, and it finally, his guitar came in about three months later and it had stickers on it. It had been to China. It had been everywhere. but been all around the world. <laughs> it's the strangest damn thing you've ever seen. <laughs> but they had pictures of I had pictures of it. You know, to show people it's really true. And and uh, and I don't know what uh what or who he thought graded them down <laughs> them songs. <laughs> I never told guy about it. I never told uh I never told uh, uh towns about it either. I heard that. I was like, you're, you're one of the first ones I've told about that. But it was so funny to me because I just laughed. I, I had so much fun with him. He was, but he was, a, he was a Christian. I mean, a lot of people didn't know that. Now, Guy, he was a confirmed atheist, so. But, uh, but I don't think so. I think he just put up in front. I don't think he, I don't think he knew it was an higher power. But, but he would always get on to me and say, let your God do it. Let your God do it. You was talking about sending that guitar, and it ended up uh, going everywhere, but where it was supposed to go. <laughs> That's funny, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, strange, strange things always happen to guys. Yeah. And I, not guys, 
I mean, towns. It always happened to towns. And Guy was always on my ass about it because he, he knew that we kind of liked each other, but he just trying to split us. He, he didn't try and split us. He just knew that I couldn't run with him. I couldn't run with, with towns anymore because I'd get in trouble with my wife, you know? Yeah. And I was trying to hang in there, and I wound up marrying her three times. <laughs> and the, the last time, though, we fell back in love, and it was good. And I, I hated it, man. Uh, she had to go, but she did. She had to go. I tell you, I had, uh, this, I had this fella that uh, listens to my, my radio show, and he, he emailed me and said he wanted a sticker from me. And I said, well, I said, I'll give you an address where to, how to send some money to me, and I'll, and I'll mail you one. And he, uh-huh. sent, he sent me his damn address, and I had never seen nothing like that in my life. I said, buddy, where are you from? He said, I'm from Australia. I said, by God, yeah. I said, it's going to cost ten times more than what this damn sticker's worth just to get it to you. I said, let me talk to my, to my postmaster and see what she says. Well, mm-hmm. Billy Joe, I live in about as rural as you can get West Virginia. I'm down here in Hatfield, McCoy country. So I go to my little tiny post office. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Man, that's cool. I, I go to my post office, and it's about like a 10 by 10 building. I mean, it really is real small, little country post office. And I give her this address, and she said, I ain't never shipped nothing out of the country before. I said, well, let's see what we can do. Well, she punch, uh-huh. she punches everything up, and she sends it out, and this old guy keeps emailing me and said, I ain't got my sticker yet. And I said, well, I, I mailed it out to you. And it took uh-huh. it took about a month to get to him, and like you said, it had a damn sticker on it that said, Miss Sent to Canada. I meant to send it to Australia, and it <laughs> fucking went to Canada. If it ever goes to Canada, it's going to China. <laughs> Russia's real close, too, you know. Yeah. It might go to Russia. All kinds of crazy stuff will happen if it goes to Canada. Yeah. Because some reason or another, them Canucks, them Nussies, they always walk around with their nose up in the air because it's so damn cold up there, I Because <laughs> they, they got their nose way up in the air. It's not because they're stuck up. It's just they make they make aggy jokes about them, you know. <laughs> the Nussies. And uh, it's just uh, when things get up there, they... They ship them all over the place. I don't know why. <laughs> they get a kick out of it, I guess. I don't know why. But what was it? What was on that sticker? I gotta know. It was just a. Uh, I, the, the artwork I use for my radio show is a. Uh, there's an old train tunnel over where I live called the Dings Tunnel. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send a picture of it to you. Oh, you send me one. I'll pay for it. No, no. I'll tell you. <laughs> Text me. Text, text me your address there, Billy Joe, and I'll send you a bunch of shit, sir. Okay. Uh, I'd love to. It'd be an honor. That'd be great, man. That'd be great. Before we hang up, I'll, I'll text you. Okay. I'll text you, man. Okay. Uh, if that's okay. Bro, that's fine with me. It'd be an honor, too. I'd love to send some stuff to your way. Me and Willie decided the other day that we're the only ones over 70 that text. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and if we was, uh, we was with, uh, uh, Chris, when we said it, and Chris said, well, I'll tell you what, I ain't giving up my horse. He said, I ain't texting. <laughs> <laughs> and he won't. He won't do it. I, he said, the hell with it. He ain't going to do that. Yeah. And he's smart because he ain't rattling his brain with the stuff we do. You know, we do a lot of crazy I, stuff. But it, it's got, uh, I've got to see one of them stickers. All right, brother. I, I, I said it your way. If you don't love Jesus, go to hell. <laughs> if a trailer's a rocket, don't come knocking. <laughs> uh, all kinds of really good ones. I mean, there's some good ones. That's, I like some good ones, brother. I'll tell you this. You talk about towns, how uh, 
how your wife didn't want you really spending a lot of time with towns. I believe there's a lot of my buddies that their wives probably think the same damn thing as me because I usually end up, people come out with me and, hey, I got a damn bar in my front yard. And, and I'm telling you, people come over here, it's hard for them to leave sometimes, Billy Joe, I'm going to tell you. I guess I'm a bad oh. influence on them too. All right, brother. Uh, Am I taking up too much of your time? Right? No, no, no. Right. I'm here all day, and it's uh, this is an absolute honor. You talk as much as you want. It means the world to me. Well, Townsville's a great subject. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, lo I love Guy, too. Guy was just uh, uh, Guy was just a great writer. Man, Jesus Christ. You know, when he came to town, he came in for Bel-A. And, and, and I somehow know that I met him at somebody's house or something. And, well, no, because uh, Downs, uh, Downs came in later, really, after Guy had been there a while. And uh, I, I don't know where I met him at, but anyway, we became fast friends. Yeah. Actually, he came to one of my shows, and I was just playing myself because Eddie was too young then to get in the bar. And, uh, and I, I was playing, and, and I heard a few things he, he played, and I thought, oh, my God, man, people got to hear this. So I was pretty hot. Because I just, uh, uh, Honky Tonk Heroes had just come out and I wrote all them songs on that, you know, for Wayland. Yeah. And so I was pretty sought after, you know, as a sit down in front of anybody or, or even in my main show. And I, every time I'd go to SDN or anywhere and play, a guy would come and, and I would, I would get about three or four songs into the set. <laughs> and I would, I would say, Hey, y'all got to hear this guy, man. Jack Ackle, got to hear him. And, uh, and I'd make him come up. He'd come up, and he'd come up and start playing. And when he did, I'd go back there in the back and get my money and go out and get, get crazy and, and, and get drunk and have a good time. And that'd be the end of it. And I don't know what all he did. He, he, <laughs> he kept coming, though. I didn't pay him nothing. But he kept coming. Finally, he split off from me about a year or two. And, uh, and he quit. What happened was I let the wrong in all places. Guy and, guy and Towns team like they were pretty good teams. <coughs> but, uh, we found, well, I was at the wrong in and I was playing there and just by myself. And, uh, I didn't know Towns was in the crowd, but it was a big crowd and Austin, Texas, they, they were just crazy about me. And, uh, a big crowd. And Towns is there and guys are there. I, I, know, I knew Guy was there and I was going to get him on up. So what I did was I did a few songs and I said, hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. And then I said, uh, I said, uh, uh, there's a guy, you got to hear him, Scott Clark. He said, oh, boy, but someone knew him. And, and I said, can you get up here, guy? So he got up there and when he did, I caught he eased on back in the back. I knew there's a bunch of money to be had. I said, Hey man, can you just pay me now and uh and, uh, and settle this thing? And it was a bunch of money too. And I said, he said, guy said, no man, I ain't got enough cash. He said, credit cards and, and checks. And he said, but I'll tell you what, you come out here around noon tomorrow, and I'll pay you. And I said, okay, because he kind of had an idea. I don't know how I did because Townsend, I didn't know Townsend was there, and I guess he knew he was there. Yeah. Anyway. Towns was hot, hot number. Always was. Anyway, I took on off, went out and had some fun, did all kind of crazy stuff, and come back the next day at noon and, to get my pay. And he said, hey, uh, he said, uh, 
you owe me four hundred and some odd dollars. I said, What? <laughs> he said, Yeah. He said said Towns got up. I said, Was Towns there? He said, Yeah, Towns was there. He said, Towns got up and, and bought rounds on the house uh, for the house several times on you. <laughs> and so it broke me from sucking eggs, I'll tell you that. I didn't you know I didn't, do, I didn't mess with guy no more. I heard that. He was on his own. <laughs> but he was good enough. He, he was making it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think he got kind of pissed at me every time I asked him to come up. But, but he's so good. I, I just felt like everybody had to hear him. Yeah. And they already heard him anyway, I guess. You know, I didn't have him that much. But I thought I did. You, know. you were talking, talking a minute ago about writing, uh, I mean, most anybody that... Uh, that knows her shit when it comes to country music, knows, you know, that that the honky-tonk heroes, I mean, that's you. Uh, uh, before, I, I, I want to get you to talk about meeting Waylon, but before that, uh, the, the, the the bar, Green Gables, that uh, that your mother worked at. Oh, you want me to talk about Green Gables? I want to hear about oh, Green yeah. Gables. Well, I didn't meet Waylon in Green Gables. My mother was a top kicker, and she, uh, and she well, it, I got a book. Have you read my book? I ain't got to read it yet, Billy. Joe. I'm wanting to. Oh God, it's a good one. Uh, it's uh, uh, Texas uh, University of Texas Press, and that's why it ain't been out because they got volunteers, and I didn't know it when I when I wrote that book. Everybody said you got to leave in Texas, leave in Texas, and I, I turned down a hundred thousand dollars from Barnes and Noble. And, and went ahead and wrote it there and wound up that they didn't get much attention because uh, about every six months some girls would change, you know. They'd be volunteers. Yeah. So they didn't push my book that hard. And they still had not pushed it, but I think they're going to make a movie out of it. Actually, the guy that wrote the script uh, for uh, uh, Crazy Heart. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. I'm a big... Yeah, he told me that he wrote it he wrote it about me. And of course, they denied it. Yeah. <laughs> they denied it, but when he got out of that truck and poured that, 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 that empty bottle of orange juice that had tits in it, of course, when he poured that out, I, I had to leave. I said, this ain't going the right way because it looked just exactly like me. Yes. What I do and stuff, you know, it just was terrible. I just... I figured, well, got ripped off again, and I, and they never went on up to it. Uh, but the scriptwriter did. Now, he did. He owned up to it. He said, "No, I won't talk about you, Billy." He said, "I figured you'd be in it." I wasn't even, even you know, it's good gone. Uh, as a matter of fact, I called Bobby Duvall and I said, "Bobby, I said, uh, they're just pushing me out. They wouldn't even let me get a song in there." Mm-hmm. And and he 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 went went back after the movie's done been made because he was part of it. But he made him, made him get in a boat and go out there and fish him. And, and, and Bobby tried to sing a little forever to him. And Bobby didn't do a very good job. <laughs> but, but he did good. He, he did. That's one song I got in there, Live Forever. Yeah. It, it, it was, you know, he, he, Bobby hacked at it. I don't know what, you know. He, <laughs> he, kind, of, he kind of missed the words a little bit here and there. But his wife, uh, Luciana Pedroza, she did a documentary on me, and it was great, but it, 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 I, I wasn't ready to do anything. I couldn't, you know, and, uh, but, but, but that song cost him, he said he paid the guy $40,000, the guy that ripped me off about publishing, 
and he and the guy that did it sent me twenty four cents. What? <laughs> From that song. <laughs> Hell, he didn't even give you enough to buy a damn cup of coffee. Huh? I said he didn't even send you enough to buy a damn cup of coffee. No, he didn't. It wasn't enough. Right now, no, it used to would, but <laughs> uh uh-uh, no, and uh, and that kind of stuff happened to me all the way down the line. It just everybody heard I had a great education, and they just kind of took advantage. But you know, I'm a little smarter than that. But but I didn't really care about anything. Just want to be part of it. And uh, and now I'm getting old, and, and when I I can't pay my my water bill or light bill or something, I, I make it's kind of scary. But I've run into Rich, and uh, Richard, you know, they call I guess his name. Well, not Richard. I thought he was Rich, but I didn't know he he was had any kind of position or anything. I I thought he was just a guy that hung around, but he was a guy that, that, that called on to me that got me into that mess with. Into that deal with Mike Judge, and Mike Judge is a great guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and he's straightening a lot of things out. <laughs> Johnny Paycheck, that's exactly the truth about Johnny Paycheck. <laughs> Have you seen that on that cinema thing, brother? I ain't got to watch it yet. I'm a, I'm a big fan oh. of everything Mike's done. I can't hey. wait to be able to sit down and watch it. It's funny. Oh my God, Paycheck, every bit of that happened to him. Me and Johnny used to run with him for a little while. I couldn't run with him too long because. He had a big old bottle, big old huge bottle of of uh, a black uh, those black little pills, you know, yeah. little, little capsules. Yeah. And we went downtown, and we would go walk by people and say, "Open your mouth, we just chunk them down his throat." And we had so many um, black mollies, they called them. Yeah. And and, uh, and it was back in those days when people, everybody had the buck temple, they had the the L.A. turnaround and all that shit. And, uh, it was all uh, diet pills. And it, everything was kind of up-tempo songs. But boy, when they busted the, uh, uh, the, the, the guy that, the, the doctor that did it, he had a hand with a drugstore. Yeah. He'd give you five refills and you'd go down to the drugstore and you'd go out, you'd go get your refill, your, your fill of the bottle, come back out, dump it in some, go back in there five times and get it filled. And you'd have all them pills. Yeah. And then, and then when you needed more, you'd go to Dr. Snap was his name. And everybody would say, hey, do you write a song like that? Said, yeah, it was a snap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but when, when they took away that, they, they arrested the Dr. Snap and, and the, the drugstore guy, mm-hmm. they had a hand. You know, he was just walking just down there to it. Well, when, when they arrested him, put him in prison, man. Well, the thing is, nobody could get anything anymore. So everybody started smoking pot. And I mean, you never heard so many ballads and waltzes <laughs> and shit coming out of that town. <laughs> <laughs> I was about the only one to write a fast song like Doors on Fast Train and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Have you done a new record? Yes, or you not used, uh, yes, sir. I've uh, uh, long in the tooth. Yes, sir. I played. Uh, I played some tracks off that on my radio show a few years back. Oh, thank you so much. Because that Sunbeam special is, it, of course, all them songs really happened. That uh, Sunbeam special was right there in Gorse County. Just would come around that bend and that dog go chase his tail. Uh, Higginbotham's dog. You can set your watch by it. Beautiful. You, you ought to look it up and Google it. You know what they call Google? Uh, I believe and, uh, I know better. You can Google a Sunbeam special 
I'll tell you, it's a beautiful train. It was a passenger train. People go by smoking their cigars and drinking their drinks and <laughs> slide all through there every day at the same time. I heard that. And, and I just had to write a song about it, so that's what happened. Well, and it's a fast one, too. Uh, well, that's one thing I was talking to you about, uh, me being a train conductor, so country music and, oh, and trains right. go yeah. hand in hand for me, yeah, brother. That that's right. <laughs> that's right. We, we if t- I get going too fast, so it's hard for me to get <laughs> all the words in there. We, I talked a minute ago about old, old Green Gables. Can you share some of the early memories of, of hanging yeah, out in that I'm old sure, joint? Yeah. My mother, uh, I'm sorry, I get off track. But I, brother, I love I'm it. I'm so excited that you called me because I haven't had a call from a radio person in a long time. But, uh, hey, what happened was my mother, she said if if it's a boy, it doesn't me when I'm born. Mm-hmm. She said if it's a boy, uh, I'm gone. And sure enough, I was a boy. And, then, and the next day she took off. My mother took off and went to, went to Waco and from Corsicana and left me with my grandmother and I got raised on a silk she had she had a couple of them so she put pinto beans in there and mash them up and I would would, that was my tent you know and and that's what I was raised on and and I was a mess because I caught every disease there was man and they couldn't nobody pick me up all I did was cry I guess (laughs) I was kind of shocked speechless for about a year but anyhow, I went to my my mother went to Waco and Blanche Williams, the most best looking woman I've ever seen in my whole life, even up to now. Cause it's back there when they had real bosoms, you know. Oh yeah. And I and uh, and I'm there. I'm about six seven years old. She finally warmed up to me because I look just like my daddy. My daddy done her dirty, you know, tried to kill her and all kind of stuff like that. She did. Uh, you need to read that book. I need to send you one. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, anyhow, uh, she's worked. The one day we were in there, and it was real hot. And uh, it was uh, it, it, Blanche. She's she was always I was glued to her jugs, you know. That's all I cared about. And 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 she was one of them kind of people that she would marry old fellers. And they'd have one foot her on a dinner pill and the other one in the grave. And, <laughs> and, 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 and she'd, she'd come up with these rings <coughs> on, on all her fingers. I mean, and she had a car lot, too. She put the car in the car lot when they died. And she, I don't know how many men she went through, but, but we're, we're all there one day and it was really, really hot. I mean, dangerously hot. It was August. And the car lot was gravel. And she said, Tyson's told my mom, she said, Tyson, there's going to be a racing drive up here in a minute. And he don't have a, he don't have a, a bunch of money and a new car and all that stuff. And he's going to be an older gentleman and I'm going to mail his ass to the wall. And we waited, 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 because I believe every word she said. And I'm still looking at her, you know, the tops. She had so many rings on, you couldn't miss them. And she might have had them on her toes, but I'd never get down that way. But, <laughs> Went along here comes this guy kind of slid in there and got out of the car and he's, he's I'm trying to tell you exactly how it happened but he got out of the car there's a port or a Cadillac baby blue I remember and uh, he got out and had one of these hats on you know uh, uh, that had hooks in it yeah. I got a name for it but I don't know 
foot on the radio, I'd not say it. Have, you, can say, you can say uh, what you, you want here, bro. Mean, but he had these fish hooks and stuff in it, and he wiped his brow, he was real sweating, and, and he staggering around, and he didn't look like he knew who he was or where he was going, but he, but he finally come in the door. And sure enough, Blanche nailed him. Two weeks there was a wedding, and in about a month and a half there was a funeral. And and uh, from old range and stuff, one on our fingers and uh, all that stuff. And I'm a kid. I'm down there looking at spit tunes and, and all that kind of thing at the bar under the bar and a dance still. And I kind of got raised up in the place. And I'd come in there when I was even 15 and I could get in free. You know, get in and they'd let me in because I, I didn't look that much older, but they'd act like I was. And, and, uh, and, and that's kind of... Exactly where uh, Honky Tonky Heroes came from. I heard that. Uh, can you tell the story about how you uh, got Waylon to listen to your music? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell you that. That's, that was a mix up because uh, actually uh, Sharon Rucker uh, was lived up there in Nashville and I always liked her and I liked her sister and all that. And I've been there in Nashville for quite some time. And, um, uh, since 66, I came to Nashville. And, uh, and Sharon wanted to go to the 4th of July picnic, the first one, not the one Willie had, but Willie was on it and not had a lot to do with putting it together, but somebody else took credit for it. It was called the Beverly Springs Reunion, and it was on the 4th of July. Yeah. And she wanted me to ride with her, because I'm pretty harmless, you know. She wanted me to ride with her. And because she's scared to go all that distance by herself. She had a good car. So I rode with her and drove some, and, and it was all right. When we got there, of course, she, she dumped me and, and went on. And, uh, and and I went to walking everywhere I'd go. And, and I wound up out there at the, at the thing in a little bitty peanut trailer. And uh, Waylon and a friend, a friend of mine, I don't know why, well, Waylon... Well, it come busting out of the back because they, they was sending the guitar all playing a song or two. And yeah. finally got around to me. And, and I just wanted to do one and get out of there. And I, I started doing, I, I did Willie the Wandering Gypsy to me. And uh, I just read it too. Well, you know, I'd had it for quite a while, but yeah. nobody ever heard it. And, and all it was commotion. Bam, here comes, here comes Waylon and uh, Billy Ray uh, Reynolds. I found out that Billy Ray. I didn't think it was him for a while because somebody was, said he had some bad shit. I mean, but that's not true. He's a friend of mine. Uh, but anyhow, uh, they come out and Waylon said, whose song is that? And I said, well, it's mine. And he said, well, uh, I'll do that song. I said, really? I said, yeah, I'll let you. And he assumed that I lived there because I've been working ranches and stuff. And I, of course, I always wear my cowboy stuff. I always wanted to be a cowboy and I wound up being one. But I, I looked like somebody just walked in, real dusty and everything. And, and he took it that I would live there or something. He said, come up to Nashville. And I'd already been to Nashville. I, I signed with Bobby Barron. 68 or 67, something like that. And, uh, and I'd already been there, but I didn't want to break up his dream. So, so, so he thought he'd discovered somebody. And he said, well, come on up there. 
And I said, he said, I'll do a whole album of your songs. And I believed him. You know, uh, he said, you got any more than Cowboy songs? I said, yeah, I got, I've got a, a sack full of them. And I did. I had a little grocery sack I always carried around with me. It's full of these songs. And so I wound up going to Nashville. And I got up there and I chased him around for six months, man. And I couldn't catch him. And I'm still over there writing for Bear. Bear, he's getting upset about it because he's paying me 50 bucks a week. And, and I get, I had to, I lived in his apartment. Not his apartment, but I lived in his, uh, in his, uh, office. It was like a little apartment to me, though. It just one room. But I had a number three wash tub and I'd take one of my horse baths, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I was all right. I was cooking and, and everything. And I finally bought an old truck. But, uh, Here's the thing, I, I had this old truck when I, when I, when I met Bear. Oh God, I, I don't need to get into that. That's too long a story, but I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I finally, I, I decided, well, I'm going back to Waco and try to make some money so I can come back up. You know, cause I washed dishes and stuff. I washed dishes in a place called, uh, uh, oh, Chicken Shack, yeah, Waco. And I think it, 20 bucks for each, but you know, it's hard to make money then. Yeah. And, uh, anyhow, I, I, I went down there with Sherry and I kind of did that in the truck and, and come back to Nashville. I'm there and I, and Waylon was dodging me big time. He, if he seen me coming, he'd take off. And I knew it because he, he wasn't going to stay good for his word. He wasn't even going to do what he wanted to just me. And I knew it. I just knew it. And I said, well, that's well, but I had a lot of words for him. I, I thought he was full of crap, you know, for telling me that. Yeah. And my hopes up. And I guess somebody waylaid me. I don't know who. It might have been Billy Ray, I think, maybe. But anyhow, uh, uh, one night, Waylon's recording there at, at uh, CBS, I guess it was. The place where, uh, where uh, uh, Elvis recorded. But anyway, it was the same one. That's how I knew it was. And uh, and he kept it midnight. He was a disc jockey. His real name was Roger Scott. And me and him was good friends because we threw dives together. We like to do that. And uh, and he, he said, well, he said, I know you're having trouble getting a hold of Waylon. He's real tight with Waylon. And he, he said, I'll get you into the, the deal, to the recording uh, session. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that was real hard to do because... But he finally, he got me in the back door there. Uh, midnight, let me in the back door. I got me down there by the restroom. And I stood there, and I had my guitar, and I was ready to go home. You know, I was fixing to take, it, take off. And um, anyway, he, he, Waylon, Waylon found out that I was down there. And he got mad as hell. And he sent, he sent Midnight back down there to me with a hundred dollar bill folded up in his anything, you know, and folded up. Yeah. And he said, get, he told him, so many, I said, give this to Billy Joe and tell him to get lost. I don't want to ever see him again. I guess he thought a hundred dollar bill was going to get me, but I needed it, but I didn't take it. I said, yeah, I gave it back to him. I said, you take this back to Wayland, tell him to stick it up his ass and twist it. <laughs> and and he, he, he got, when he got word of the boy, he come busting out of that, that control room. 
and on the sides of the walls of these these groupies, hangers on people that didn't really belong there. They were they knew Waylon was going to do something. They just know they know when or, or how, and everybody knew Waylon was the next big deal. And uh, anyhow, I had no idea what was going on, but these groupies and everything were all lined up just waiting just to touch the hem of his garment, I guess. And he comes out with these two bikers on each hand, each shoulder. And he comes down just like a like a like a shoot off or something in a big hall. Um, I'm around one end, he's down to the other and he said, What do you want, Hoss? And I said, Well, I'll tell you what I want. I want you to listen to these songs. At least listen to my songs. And if you don't listen to them, I'm gonna whip your ass right here in front of God and everybody. And boy, did he get mad. And then Parker started toward me and he stopped him. And he come come on down there to me and I thought I was gonna hit him because I could knock a man out with one punch back then. I weighed about two thirty. And I, I used to box, you know, I I, I could do it. Yeah. And uh anyway he comes up and I figured we was gonna have a fight, but he didn't. He just grabbed me by the arm, he said, Come on in there. He took me in a room that where there's a bunch of uh, tables and stuff and, and his chairs were upside down on the tables. So the room that wasn't being used for something, I don't know what it was. But he said, oh, he said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I ain't never done this for nobody, but I'm going to do it for you. He said, I don't know Willie's one or Gypsy and me. He said, I doubt I'll do that now. I said, well, he said you would. He said, I don't know I said I would. But I changed my mind. I want to. Okay. He said, well, he said, I'm going to let you sing one song. If you sing that one song and I like it, I'll let you sing another. And he said, but if I don't like it, I'm going to tell you, and you're going to hit that door, we ain't never going to see each other again. And I said, well, fair enough. So I think the first one I did for him was Ain't No God in Mexico. And he liked it. And then uh, it went to, uh, oh, I can't remember exactly what we're to, uh, low down, not low down, but he went to, because uh, he didn't even cut low down, but he should have, but, uh, went to uh, Old Five and Diamonds or something. And he, he said, yeah, 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 he went for that. Well, I finally got to, uh, I had all of the songs that was on that album were already written. When I got to uh, Honky Talk Heroes, he, he stopped me in the middle of it and he slapped his legs like that. He said, well, I know what I gotta do. And he went back in there and ran everybody out and got his own band in there to the, the pickers that were in there. Mm-hmm. He got his own band in there with you all about and that bunch of the heavy foot, you know. And he got his own band in there and it never had been done in Nashville. He got his own band in there recording these songs because it's the kind of songs that, that just work and it just Texas written all over them. And, uh, and he's from Texas too. Yeah. And it, it helped me. I didn't know that. I just knew it was way But uh, anyway, he changed everything around start doing my songs. And all I did was crap all the way through, man. I bitched him right as hell with him about everything. About that. If he got a word out of line, I'd straighten his ass out. We almost had fights about it. <laughs> it was a pure rough and dumble thing. And, and it finally worked out. And, and we became fast friends. We became real good friends. And, you know, he even actually offered to buy me a new hand. He said, I, I'll pay for you to have a new hand put on. It's not fair. 
and you don't have a hand, you know. My right hand has got some fingers missing. Yeah. And, you know, because of an accident. And anyway, two fingers, three, nearly four. But anyway, he was that kind of guy. Who, and he, he, said, he said, you don't have to do an old father dimers. He said, I, I hate to drive this Cadillac around. I said, well, give it to me. <laughs> you drive a 40, buddy. <laughs> he, he got that blue in mind. He didn't like that very much. And, and when he found out, uh, 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 I can't remember, something else about another song, but I can't remember. But anyway, that's how that happened. Yeah. And uh, I was lucky that he didn't kill me. But uh, also, he stuck his neck out. And he had a hell of a time with Chad Atkins. Chad Atkins just hating my guts for a long time. He said, you can't say God, you can't say hell, you can't say this or that. In this country, really, people won't take it. And sure enough, when it went platinum, he uh, changed his mind. Yeah. And, uh, and everything got good for me in him. And, and actually, he had a show put together. And he sat down next to me and apologized. And uh, it was good. Chad Atkins, uh, I thought the world of him. And uh, it's uh, that's the way it went. Billy Joe, I appreciate that story, brother. I've heard I've I've heard you tell it a, a, a few times, and it's uh, my grandpa. He uh, he passed away a few years ago, and uh, he used to tell me stories. And even though I heard them a thousand times, I, I always love to hear them again. So, well, brother, you know what? It's the same has always been. I remember sometimes. I remember a little more. Sometimes I forget a few things, but it's all still the same. It's just. Nothing made up. It's, it's there. It really happened. And everything in my life really happened. Yeah. And I just, I was, and I wouldn't have it any other way. That's it. And these people, people get on to me about not doing other people's songs, and I said, well, I don't, I ain't never gonna get a chance to do it my way. So this is my life, and this is the way I chose to live. Well, I know that. I know I've read before that uh, oh Chris Christopherson he produced and kind of helped put out your first record. He did. How'd that come he, to happen? He borrowed money, man. Uh, what happened? He was him and uh, uh, I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, Beth Matthews were out swarming one night, and I didn't know he was recording uh, Silver Tongue Devil at the time. And uh, and, he, and I'm out there bears selling bear. I had an old pickup by then, and I was telling Bear, I said, uh, Bobby Bear, I left the house, and he was trying to talk me out of not leaving, but I said, no, I'm going back. Going back to Texas. See, I can't make a living. And uh, he was discord with, with, with what I was doing anyway. And this was this was before before uh, Waylon even, I think. I can't remember. Just everything that followed up in my mind. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was before. And uh, and Chris now called Bobby in the middle of the night, about three or four in the morning. And uh, and they were out swarming. They asked Bobby if they could come by. And sure enough, they came by. And they were all hundred hundred dollar tight, you know. And uh, I guess they were. I don't know. I've mean, been. But anyway, I'm fixing to leave when they came in. I said I'm leaving. And Bobby said, "Sit back down there." And uh. And Chris said, yeah, man, stay around. I said, no, I, I gotta go. I'm going back to Texas. And Bobby said, play the song, that song you just wrote. I said, no, I ain't gonna like it. He said, and you know, and then he said, no, you gotta get mad. And he said, play it. So I played Christian Soldier. 
and 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 Chris looked at me and he said, "I'm gonna do that on my new album." Of course, I thought he was just bullshitting me, trying to make me feel good because I already had my drug and all. When I had my mind made up, I was going back to Waco. And sure enough, I did. I got my truck, went back to Waco. I didn't know what happened. Uh, uh, I didn't know it when they really, really recorded the damn thing. And Bobby Bass called me all over the place, called me. And he finally got me because I was hard to reach in. There wasn't no phones where I stayed. Yeah. And, uh, and he got a hold of me. He said, hey, you got to come back. He said, Chris recorded that song. I said, no. He said, yeah, yeah, he recorded Well, he forgot to tell me. This is true, too, that he, he Bobby had, took, had put good Christian soldier on the front of it and took half of the song. And that's right of him to do that, but he did it anyway. And uh, he took half, you know, I had a promotion <coughs> thing and it didn't work out. And, uh, anyway, I, I still love Bobby and I forgive him, but, you know, I wish he hadn't done that, but he did. Yeah. And I'm not telling it to make him look bad or nothing. I'm telling the truth. That's and it. I need to get it out of my system. You know, it's just it's still bugging me. Yeah. But that's all right. I know I wrote the song, and Chris does too. And uh, it, it's funny we're talking about Chris because he's coming. He's playing here tonight in Waco. Oh, at the Hippodrome Theater. That's weird, yeah. But Chris, Chris here, when I came back, He's already had his album, hadn't got quite finished. But he took that album, his folks kind of disowned him because he was supposed to be, he's a road scholar, you know. Yeah. He was supposed to go to West Point and taught English literature. And he didn't go. He went, to, he went and got him a job bartending and sweeping rooms and shit here in Nashville. In Nashville. I'm not in Nashville, no but sleeping and doing odd jobs in Nashville, writing songs, because he had a call to do that. And his folks, his, his, uh, his father was some kind of bird colonel or something, and, uh, and they disowned him. <laughs> so he didn't get any money from them, but he couldn't get any money together, but he took that album, and somehow or another went over to the Third National Bank and borrowed money to, to produce my album. Chris did because we butt heads, 
you know, even though his is much better than mine, it still is. Uh, it, it, we would have butt heads, but but uh, Fred killed mine, and mine never did really get out of it. But uh, uh, went to another recording label, and it shut down in Seattle. Then I went to another label, uh, Capricorn, and did a couple albums there, and it shut down. And then I went to uh, uh, RCA, and they shut down. Everywhere I went, they shut down. Yeah. So my albums never did really get out. But I did have the albums, and they're coming out now. And I did good on them. Brother, I've, everything. You know, it's, it's just the way it works, I guess. But I just wasn't ready at it again. I don't know. That's one thing. I was hard to deal with, though. I was, it was a little crazy and, and wild as a March hare. I'd find it to drop of a hat, and I'd drop the hat, you know. It just, uh, it just one of things. I wasn't grown up enough to, to, uh, to, to take it, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, there's a, there's a lot of people that didn't want me to have it. And they still don't. But that's all right. It'll happen anyway. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm trying to close the chapter on my life, really, by doing one more Stronger Than Garlic. I've got Billy Gibbons and, and all them crazy about me. I, I love Billy and, and Rich, of course. Rich is my main man. Yeah. And Richard, I'm talking about the, just the tall dude. Yeah. He's a good dude, man. He's a great guy. He's really, he really makes me believe in myself because it's hard to get up. You know, I've had a lot of things happen to me lately that that kind of could have could have could have stopped me from going. But I I uh, I have a new I, I've been born again Christian, and I have a new down faith in Rich. I, I really Rich will get it done. That's it. Uh, yeah, he will. He'll get it done. Can you can you uh can you tell a story about the first time that you ever met old Johnny Cash? I met him. Oh yeah, I met him over. Uh, uh, we were playing. Uh, me and uh, Freddie Fletcher's uh, was my drummer. He was. Uh, uh, he's uh, Willie's nephew, and he was going with one of those cash girls. And uh, and and she, some reason or another, brought, we played a place called Johnny D's. It was down in a basement. And me and Eddie and, and Rogie Brad and I don't know what that is, but uh, something went wrong. And are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here, brother. Okay. Anyway, we we were playing a place called Johnny D's, and she brought Johnny Cash in, and he met us, and he got a fair play, and he was knocked out about Eddie because Eddie could play real good, and uh, and we became fast friends, and uh, and we went into the studio and did a did a recording of uh, You Just Can't Beat Jesus Christ and me and Johnny Cash did a duet on it and it's on this album that got killed by everybody's brother that was Beyonce's father was passing me for a while but he dropped me before the album even got out good and uh, that's another deal that happened called Everybody's Brother's great album but it, it, it had that, a bunch of people on there Chris did a duet with me and just don't watch them big duets with me. But Johnny Cash did that one, and it was still there. And he saw it the very, I think it's the last cut on the album. 
but you ought to listen to it. It's real good. If they ever put it out, it'll be a smash hit. It's just, just for some reason or another, they got out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward but to Nashville. Nashville puts a wall on you. There's a gang of them that stick together, and they, when they try to keep, they try to keep Willie from happening, and Willie just moved down to Texas, made it happen. Yeah, you know, because they didn't want Willie to happen. I don't know why. Well, one thing, Willie is really hawkish. <laughs> he's my best friend. But he, <laughs> he, he, he will get in there and get in here, I guarantee. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. going to stop. He can't outwork Willie. He works hard. And he's real good, too, on top of that. Some, some, something I just wanted to ask you. Uh, uh, I got three boys myself, and uh, always my biggest fear is something ever happening to uh, to one of my boys. Uh, after you lost, yeah. after you lost Eddie, I mean, was it? Did was there a time that you did that you thought that you wasn't gonna be able to do the music thing anymore? Well, when I lost Eddie, a lot of people poured out their hearts to me. They were nice, but there's certain ones that always didn't want me to happen. And they just kept me out of Nashville. And I remember Harlan Howard was a great friend of mine. But Harlan, Harlan every, every time I run into him, he finally got up to $1,000. He said, I'll give you $1,000. And you have broke his, I'll give you $1,000 to leave town and not come back. <laughs> and I hadn't even done anything. I just run into him and he heard a few things. <laughs> he didn't want me in town in competition, you know. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I uh, I don't know what to say about all that. It was it, it just knocked hold in me for a long time. You know, I'm still whistling by the graveyard. Yeah. And uh, I, I still when I I'm so up all the time. Everybody thinks, well, something's wrong with me. He's always, but I have to. If I don't smile, I cry. You know, I just I just have to have to keep it up all the time. I've got tears in my eyes right now thinking about it, but Eddie was so good, man. God, he's great. We wrote Live Forever together, that song. That melody he gave me, I carried it around for nearly a year before I could figure out what to put with it. And then I put some with it, and I went down, and he finished it up, and we finished it. We came out with that in 89, and nobody caught on to it. They're just not catching on to that song. It's funny, uh, they got on to me about Eddie playing in my band in Nashville. They said, he's going to ruin your career. Of course, I didn't think I had a career anyway. And he said, he's going to ruin your career, you know, playing like that, with him playing that hard guitar like he does, you know. And uh, and now they're all doing it. Same thing we were doing back then. Yeah. It's weird, you know. Uh, it's not weird, it's just human. It's just human. So, but I guarantee you, I'm getting, I'm getting some of it back, and, and Rich is going to make sure I get some of it, you know, it's just, there's people right now working on getting back money that people owe me and stuff. Well, if anybody deserves to get back what they've been uh, cheated out of, brother, it's you, and I hope everything works out well, good for you. it will, it will. I trust in God because, I got God because it's, if they're against me, they're against God, and if they're against God, they ain't going to make it. And I, I'm a real, real Christian, and I spend most of my time uh, hanging out with him yeah. and his presence. And, and you can notice it in my songs. I always have something good to say. 
always have something to say. I, I don't do it on purpose. It just leaks in there somehow and yeah. makes the song stronger. And, and thank God for it because it's the only thing going to save everybody. And, and like I say, if you don't love Jesus, go to hell. And, and Jesus Christ is the one who made us all number two. That's right. Well, the, and that, that's good enough way to end it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I tell you, talking about uh, religion and stuff, how long have... Uh, how long has it been since you've been uh, born again? Oh, it's been years. When I when I wrote uh, the first half of uh, Old Chunk of Coal, mm-hmm. that's when I got born again. And I left Nashville. I was I was supposed to be the next thing that happened in Nashville at the time. And uh, and and my wife and my son were there. And oh, they got so mad at me. And I and I had all these trophies. They had one rodeo and all, you know. And they were sitting there in the windows and the bell bar basement of this big old house we lived in. It's an antebellum type, old shiny type uh, plantation looking house. And and we were uh, making them leave. In fact, I had a friend of mine driving one and I'm driving one. And, and I'm hauling everything out of there. And we're going by those windows and Brenda said, aren't you going to get your trophies and bell buckles? I said, no, I've laid my trophies down. And sure enough, I did. I laid them down. I carried out the battle. Yeah. And whoever took some place later told me he had them. I said, well, it's people. I don't care. Uh, but uh, I, 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 I get lost in what I'm talking about because of uh, the Eddie thing. Yeah. Well, I get to talk about Eddie, I lose it now. Mm. Well, yeah, what, what a great kid he was. I, I loved him very much. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that with me, uh, Billy. I, like I said, uh, that's I, I I I got three boys, and I hope I never. I hope they all outlive me. And I, I oh, really, you better I, hope not, because it is so hard. You, you never get over it. Of course, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to get over something like it. You're not supposed to get over it. You're supposed to try to help people. They need your help, and in that area especially. And uh, you, you, you can't get over it. In my case, I can't. Yeah. And I don't think anybody can get over that because it's not natural for for a kid to go before the parent. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not. And I, I, I reach out to everybody that's had it happen to them because they come to my shows and we pray together and stuff backstage. But I'm not out there I'll say this one thing I want to say thank you for, Billy, from the bottom of my heart. You've always been somebody that has, uh, you've let it known, you know, the, your love for Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm like you, I sin every day, you know. A lot of times I drink a little bit more than I should, and that's something that I've tried to, to work on for a Don't long time. Don't you know everybody does that, man? Some of them keep it a secret. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. You know, I've always can, told I guess, on the job and stuff, they word about it and things like that. But, but man... Uh, uh, it's just part of life, you know. Yeah. You live it to the hill. And guys like us, we got to live it to the hill. That's there it. ain't no way to, to take your foot off the pedal. That's it. You just can't. That's something, the, 
religion something that uh, the Lord something I think about every day and uh, and as time goes well, on. It's a spiritual you know, thing, really. It's it's just uh, it's, it's in the air. It's, it's spiritual. It's, it's not churchy. It's it's uh, it's a, it's doing others as you have to do it. And that's about it. That's all we can do, brother. That's, that's, if you can do that, you're a good man. That's, I appreciate it. Uh, something I, my grandma, uh, she, my grandma was she was she was born in 1930, and she actually got to meet Hank Williams back when oh, she yeah. she's about yeah. 19, she's about 19 years old, I guess back in about 49. She got to meet him. Uh, can you uh-huh. can you remember the first time that you ever got a hero, Hank? Well, I met Hank Williams. I, actually, Homer Jethro was coming to Fort Scott, and I lived with my grandmother. And I don't know how old I was. I seven or six. I must, I, I can't remember how old I was. All I remember was I wasn't 12 yet. And, uh, and Homer Jethro was coming to town. They had these little bags. I would walk all the way five miles into town. I'd walk into town and, and see these things on, on telephone poles say, Homer Jethro coming to town. And what I loved about them, all the kids loved them because they say that well, I'm not just a damn dog in the winter <laughs> with a basketball nose on his face. You know what a basketball nose is. It dribbles all over the place. <laughs> and kids just love them, you know. Yeah. And, and every kid wanted to go see that thing. Like, they did die. And I slipped out, I slipped out the, the window at my, at my grandmother's and walked them railroad tracks barefoot. And they were, I don't know whether Homer or Cousin, one that did the talking. 
he's going to be a great one. We thank you, all that stuff. And, and they said, well, Hank Williams. And uh, I didn't think much about it. Nobody else did either because they all started talking and, and not paying any attention and doing their bootlegging and all that shit. And, and here I am. I'm, I'm lucky because I just got there. And uh, and Hank comes out kind of timid like, but he thinks so. I keep my voice silent. But he noticed there wasn't nobody looking at him, but nobody paying attention. And he saw me on the pole, and he just locked eyes with me. He sang a whole song to me. And when he did, I lit up. And I slid down that pole, and I got out of there. I knew what I had to do. And I walked five miles back on that railroad track. And it's hard because the old rocks that they hurt your feet. If you could ride it, say, walk the rails sometimes they were greasy. But I'd have to go by them bridges, and there's always hobos there, and you'd have to watch it. They'd cook you. You know, yeah. they'd put you on a spittle and they'd eat you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, it was during the Depression. I was born in 1939. So it was during the Depression, the war, and all that. Everybody was uh, broke. And uh, I got home. And I think the reason I really remember all this is because my grandma met me coming in the window and grabbed me. I mean, she beat me half dead. And I got such a whooping. I think that's what made me remember all this stuff. Yeah. Because my grandma, she's like, her ass is like 13 half cells at least. And she could sit down on a bus. I got so many stories I could tell you, it'd drive you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she was really something. My grandma was. And she raised me, though. She raised me until I was 12 years old. And that's what it took. And I went in that when I was 16. And uh, just uh, there it went. Well, Billy, I'll I tell you this. Uh, uh, me and a bunch of my friends, when we get together, we kind of got us a little little group, I guess you'd say. We don't get together a whole lot, but when we do, uh, everybody kind of knows us as the honky-tonk heroes. Uh, brother, of mine, <laughs> brother of mine, J.J. Waters and Andy Nichols, they... Uh, they mean the world to me, and there wouldn't be no honky tonk heroes without you. So, brother, I really appreciate everything you've ever done for, oh, thank for, for you, us. Man. All. I'm an old father dimer, too. That's the other side of the coin. You know, old father dimer. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And, uh, but thank you so much for calling me, man. I, man, it means I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I my guts. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this, Bill. I, I sat down last night, and uh, anytime that I. I don't do a whole lot of interviews uh, because I like to be able to talk to people that I know a lot about. You know, I have people want me to interview them, but I like to be able to, to ask, you know, I like to be able to maybe do a decent interview for people. But I sat down last night and uh, I was going through a drawer and I got a scrap piece of paper to write down some questions. And after I wrote down, after I wrote down kind of some of the stuff that I, I knew I wanted to ask you on the top of that paper, my 10 year old here a few weeks back, I guess at school, he was writing a, their little journal entry for the day, and it says uh, Thursday, September 17th, today's going to be a good day, and today's Thursday, Thursday October the, the 19th, and by God, this has been one of the best days of my life, brother, I really appreciate it. That's great, man, that's great. Sometimes kids know. That's right. No more than we know. That's it. Well, brother, yeah. I appreciate everything, and... Uh, Thank you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. And hold on here, and I'll get your address from you. Okay. Hold on one second.
help yourself if you don't love Jesus, go to hell. Ain't no way to cover up your sin. You wolves in sheep's clothing won't get in. If you're free as a breeze, all locked up in a cell. If you don't love Jesus, go to hell. If you think that you can kick my ass, better
house and the railroad track Sunflowers bent and swayed all the way back Critters in the tall grass went to running for their life Sunbeams special disappeared in the night Sunbeams special screaming around the field Waking up memories of my childhood again Taking me to places I never have been Sunbeams special Cross that river 
I'm gonna catch tomorrow night You're gonna wanna hold me Just like I always told you You're gonna miss me when I'm gone Nobody here will ever find me But I will always be around Just like the songs I leave behind me I'm gonna live forever now Fathers and you mothers, be good to one another. Please try to raise your children right. Don't let the darkness take them. Don't make them feel forsaken. Just lead them safely to the light. When this old world is blown asunder and all the stars fall from the sky, remember someone really loves. We'll live forever, you and I I'm gonna live forever I'm gonna cross that river I'm gonna catch tomorrow night I'm gonna live forever I'm gonna cross that river I'm gonna catch tomorrow night kind of hard to uh, to just wrap my mind around the show that I just put together for y'all I mean fucking Billy Joe Shaver I mean I would have never thought in a million years you know that I would have the chance to talk to somebody like that I've done some pretty cool interviews and uh, I mean, I've enjoyed every interview I've ever done but I can tell you when he was telling that story about seeing Hank Williams when he was a little boy I just, I zoned out, man. I was just like, it was like an out-of-body type experience, you know. I just was staring at the wall, just listening. The, the only thing, the only senses that I had that was working was my hearing. And I was just listening, hanging on to every single word that man was saying. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I am speechless. I do want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to Don Duncan. Don knows that I love him to death, and Don, you have really made a dream of mine come true. Brother, I love you to death. Thank you. And thank you to Richie Mullins for... Man, just, I, I, can't, I can't put into words, man, just how, how great the today has been. The experience that I got to experience myself. I wish everybody could have been in my living room. I have my damn... 
cell phone sitting on top of an old popcorn tin with my microphone kind of pointed down at it. You know, I I pour my heart and soul into this old soul radio show, but I'm not the best when it comes to being a pro at doing stuff like that. You know, I've done it the best that I could, and I hope that it's something that you can enjoy. Billy Joe Shaver, just brother, thank you so much. And uh, I promise you, I'm going to send a bunch of shit your way. It means the world to me that you took the time to talk to me. And I just wish nothing but the absolute best in the world for you, brother. If anybody in this world deserves it, it's you. But I, I sure hope you all enjoyed this. No, I, I, I can't put into words. I, I'm going to be on a, on a cloud high above this old barn and grill for a long time. Trying to come down from this one. It really was special. But hell, uh, old J.J. Waters and Andy Nichols, did you ever think that somebody would be telling old Billy Joe Shaver about uh, about what y'all started? That meant a lot to me to be able to tell him about that. And hell, you boys mean a lot to me. I love y'all to death. Like always, y'all take it easy and you, you have your good one and Hell, I got plenty of live shows lined up for you here soon. I guess old brother Zach McGlone is on deck, and I'm looking forward to y'all getting to hear it. But y'all take it easy and have you a good one, and we'll see you soon here on the Old Soul Radio Show. Oh.
holes in my boots There weren't another other way to be Full of a bull loser No camp losers Honky-tonky rolls like me Devil made me do it the first time. Come here from the ground up, I know what I say. When two or more of us are gathered in our Savior's name, we've only but to ask and we'll be given anything. The man in black has come to give us all a helping hand. Through Jesus Christ he has become more than mortal man We are the living lightning, the ones who love the Lord If you'll accept him now, we'll welcome you aboard Hey, hunting on the side If you are a disbeliever, clear the way and move aside We must stop the bleeding and bring peace upon this earth First will be the last and the last will be the first Even greater miracles than Jesus Christ performed Can be performed by all of us, no one will come to harm We must stop this whining about the sorry shape we're in we know disbelief is the greatest of all sin If you believe in God, at least believe in this With blind faith you will hit the mark and seldom ever miss You leaders up in Washington, take heed to what we say The change in your pocket bears the mark of God today You are this believer, clear the way and move aside. The eagles will be gathered where the Savior will ride. 
That day will come up on us like a thief in the night With great belief and prayer we can turn this world around God will spare us all, even those in the ground Understand each language when we speak Technology has shown us all the way we must seek Someday we all will understand our difference even more There's no need to hesitate, we must open up that door Fences have been straddled by the men in the flowing road God will spew them out his mouth, they are not hot or cold. Don't worry about drinking, if you must drink, drink. But have some sense about it, God gave us brains to think. It's not what goes in defiles, but what comes out. Just watch what you say and take a cap to your house. Disbeliever, clear the way to move aside
How do there, friends and neighbors? This is your radio friend here, old W.B. Walker, and I'm going to tell you all about a brother of mine who hails from way down in Olapaha, Georgia. My brother Daniel Griner and his company, Southbound Trucking. Southbound Trucking and Equipment is a national and third-party logistics, 3PL, and asset-based trucking company that provides transportation services and asset solutions to domestic shippers, importers, exporters, and manufacturers. They utilize a variety of both asset-based and non-asset-based resources to provide quality transportation solutions at the most competitive price. The motto is, on time, every time, safe and secure. So if that right there is something that sounds like it may fit your needs, give them a call at 229-237-0243. Once again, friends, that's 229-237-0243. Find them on the interwebs at southboundtrucking.com. Hey, holler at old brother Daniel and tell him old WB sends you. Oh. Clock's called us in. Yeah, time sure does fly by when you're having fun. In other words, you mean we've been here about as long as we're welcome? Yeah, I reckon it's about time to get our satchels and go, Hank. That's right. Friends, we'll see you again in the morning. Until then, this is Hank Williams saying best of luck and health to you. Thanks for listening. If the good Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise, we'll see you in the morning. Lola, put the coffee pot on, put the biscuits in the oven. I'll be there right away, if not sooner than that. <laughs> 